Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I want you to grab your Bibles tonight, if you will. I would like you to go to 2 Timothy. We're going to start there. We've got a not a load of Scripture to do, but we're going we're gonna to journey through the Scriptures tonight as the Holy Spirit directs. And I promise I won't preach past midnight. I'll make that promise right now up front. I will not preach past midnight. So you can all be at ease now. Isn't that wonderful? Second Timothy, and I'm going to begin in chapter 3 as you're finding your way there tonight. I want to speak to you a word that the Lord freshly was just brewing in my heart. This is fresh bread out of the oven. Fresh bread. I want to speak to you tonight along this subject tonight. This message is entitled, and I want to speak it. I don't, I don't hardly ever do this. But up front, I want to speak to you to the watchman on the wall. If you're taking some notes tonight, I want you to write it down, to the watchman on the wall. If you're not taking notes tonight, I want you to write down, to the watchman on the wall. Isn't that great? So we're on the same page tonight. So, Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word, and let there be fire upon it. Let there be the fire of the Holy Spirit, the fire of your holiness, the eternal burnings of the word of the Lord branded into our spirit, branded into our heart, God. And I pray that our spirit would stand at attention tonight to receive the power of your word. And let it bring illumination and let it bring change and transformation in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I told you to go to 2 Timothy, and I do this a lot here, but I want you to write this down or just stay with me. I'm going to set this in place. This is Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 33. I'm going to read two quick verses, then we're going to 2 Timothy. To the watchman on the wall. In verse 6, Ezekiel 33, But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will be required at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman of the house of Israel. He's speaking to Ezekiel. I've made you a watchman to the house of Israel. And therefore, you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. Now, that's powerful. I want you to understand part of your assignment, part of your purpose as a man of God. Would you lift your hand if you're a man of God in this room? Lift your hand if you're a woman of God in this room. There you are. Okay. You need to understand and to know that part of your assignment is to be a watchman in this hour. You are to be a watchman. You are to be a person of prayer and an intercessor for our beloved nation. You're, you are a watchman. I don't know if anyone's ever told you, but maybe, you know, maybe I'm your newest friend tonight in your life. But I need to tell you who you are. You are a watchman. 
You are a gatekeeper. You have a spiritual authority and a spiritual responsibility because God has set you in the United States of America for such a time as this, for this hour, for this watch, for this hour, for this watch, for this hour, for this watch, you are a watchman. And the Holy Spirit wants to start speaking and brewing things up in your heart so we can see beyond the natural veil and understand the critical hour that we're in. Are you with me tonight? The Holy Spirit can brew open and give you open visions. He will give you dreams. He will give you profound revelation. This happened to me when I was a boy. I was six years old. And I went into my father's bedroom and I began to prophesy to my dad. Words that I didn't understand. Words that I had no understanding about. I prophesied to my dad. My dad goes to work to the very next day. And a man named Miles Black walks up to my dad on the job site there, and he comes up to my dad and says, Dave, I have a message for you. And my dad said, who's the message from? And he said, Dave, the message is from God. He said, last night, he goes, you're not going to really understand what I'm about to tell you, but last night, he said, I've been praying for you for three solid weeks on this job. I've been praying for you every day on this job, and God gave me an open vision of your bedroom. And your son walked into your room and was begging you not to go, doesn't want you and your wife to divorce, doesn't want you to leave. And before your son walked out of your bedroom, your son turned around and said these words. And he told my dad word for word what I said in that bedroom. And then he said to my dad, he said, Dave, your son is right. If you don't give your life to Christ very soon, you will die and you will go straight to hell. He turned around and walked away from my dad. Now, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the spirit of revelation. Miles Black subsequently would be the man who was a divine intervention because he was interceding. He was a watchman. And when my dad just got into his presence, we had never been around a man of God. But when my dad got into his presence, Miles began to speak and pray over my dad on the construction site. I'm talking to you tonight about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will illuminate to you and cause you to see things you've never seen before that you never even thought was possible. Are you with me tonight? 2 Timothy chapter 3, and I made my way there. And I'm in verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, I don't know what's going on in the back, so I'm just going to talk to the camera for just a second to those that are watching. We're under... We're under a downpour right now, so if there's any technical difficulties and we're cutting in and out tonight, it's because we're under a deluge. So if we fall out, we'll see you later, or let's just believe it won't fall out. Are we good back there, Nathan? Everything going good? Give me the thumbs up. Rock and roll. Okay, I like that. Rock and roll. All right, so all Scripture is given by, you know, I, I got to talk to the people again in that camera. You know, to all those people that are way out there in Sarasota. Okay, anyway, I'm sorry. Back to 2 Timothy. I'm so sorry. My mind went there. It's Okay, we're back. We're back. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction... For instruction in righteousness, 
that the man of God, or let's say the man or the woman of God, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Isn't that awesome? That word reproof, we don't really use that word a lot. It means an expression of blame or disproval. So the the scriptures are literally breathed by the Holy Spirit upon those that he came upon who wrote the scriptures for us. And the Apostle Paul is writing this letter and he says the scriptures are profitable for doctrine, reproving, for correction. Can people be corrected in 2020? I hope so. My goodness, I hope so. For instruction and righteousness to the man and the woman of God that they may be complete Thoroughly equipped for every good work. I want you to catch this tonight, that this is God's will for your life. What do you mean, Brian? What do you mean this is God's will for my life? God's will for your life as a Christian, as a son and a daughter of God, is that you are not fearful in this hour. That you are not weak in this hour. That you are not intimidated in this hour. You can be confident. You can be bold as lions in this hour. How? Thoroughly equipped by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God. I'm just going to help everybody tonight. I'm here to help. I'm here to help. God's will for your life is that you are equipped. (laughs) Some of you are covering your mouth. It's hard to laugh with your mouth closed. Powerful revelation. (laughs) God's will for your life. (laughs) God's will for your life is that you are thoroughly equipped. God doesn't want you wandering around weak, fearful, intimidated, backwards, wayward, God wants you, by His Word and by His Spirit, thoroughly equipped so that you can be bold in this hour. Humility is not being weak. Humility is knowing who you are in Christ and taking on the royal, noble identity as a son and daughter and walking in power regardless of what the world thinks. What am I doing? That's faith, okay? This equals faith. Now, we have an hour of prayer before this meeting even starts. And you know what we do after everybody prays? We clap in victory. It means we believe. You got to take hold of this tonight. You got to believe, okay? Signs and wonders don't follow those that are drowning in doubt and unbelief. Signs and wonders follow those... There, there you are. All right, there you are. I like that. A soldier is someone who comes through like special ops training. They are equipped. When one of our Marines goes through training, they go through special ops. They come through boot camp. They go on to special ops. They are thoroughly equipped. They know their weapon. There's no doubt about it. They know their weapon. They know their artillery. They know their outfit. They know what's in every single pocket. They know where those special bullets are. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They're special ops. They're ready. They're equipped. The Holy Spirit wants to equip you in this hour. This is the most strategic hour of humankind right now. The Holy Spirit wants to equip you so that you are strong, 
so that you are fierce, that you are not backwards, but that you are bold. Amen. Now, I want to go just one chapter back, 2 Timothy chapter 2. So he says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And understand this, that when we read this, this is not just a letter from the Apostle Paul to his apprentice or his spiritual son, Timothy. It is a letter inspired by the Holy Spirit for all generations. Remember what Jesus said. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall remain forever. I'm in 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'm beginning in verse 1. Are you with me? Come on, are you with me? Timothy, my dear son, be strong. Through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus, you've heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For they cannot please the officer, for they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I am saying. Think about what I am saying. The Lord will help you to understand all of these things. Let's go back to verse 3. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. Now I'm going to take you through a couple more scriptures. I want you to grab Ephesians 5. I'm laying some, some foundations. Use your Bibles tonight. Use your apps. <laughs> Move those apps. I'm in Ephesians 5, and I'm going to read first out of the Amplified Version, and then we're going to go on to the New King James Version. And I'm in verse 15. Making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing, this is Ephesians 5.15, Amplified, Making the very most of your time on earth and recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and all diligence because the days are filled with evil. One more time. Making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity because you have been equipped, because you are ready for this hour. Are you getting this? Because you are equipped by the Holy Spirit. Because you are ready. You are one that can be sent. You are one who can be thrusted out and trusted by your Father. You getting it? With all wisdom and diligence because the days are filled with evil. Now I'm going to read this out of the New King James. Verse 15. Seeing then that you walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. I want you to write this down. As long as I'm in the earth, I am called to redeem time. As long as I am in this, this earth, I am called 
to redeem time. You're not called to be overcome by evil. You're called to overcome evil with good. You are called to redeem time. You cannot do that being backwards, intimidated, and fearful. The Holy Spirit's fire in you will empower you to be bold and strong so that you can redeem the hour, you can redeem the time. Verse 17, you still with me? Therefore, do not be unwise. <laughs> Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, unwise, I, I, I want to, I just want to, throw you a, just a curveball here. You got your catching mitts on? Let, let, me, let me throw one at you and see if you're ready for this. Un unwise looks something like this. People that are unwise in this hour, it looks like a portion of the church who cannot hear or stomach anything that is deemed negative. I'm going to say it again. There's a large portion of the church in this hour that cannot handle, that shy away from, that cannot speak of anything that is deemed negative. You know why? Because they have an appetite for what feels good. They've been given an appetite for spiritual cotton candy. They've been given an appetite for spiritual popcorn. And because of it, they've gained an appetite or a diet or a natural stimulant. They look for a stimulation. They go to cool churches, cool hip churches with their skinny jeans and their latte coffees and their fog machines and their light shows. And it's all hip and it's all culturally relevant. And yet, God can't speak a true strong word to them. I'm knocking tonight. Are you there? Are you there? A mentor asked me this question. He was a prophet in me and my wife's life for many years. He asked me this question. You might want to write it down tonight. He said, how long should you pray, Brian? How long should you pray? How long should you pray? You know, no one had ever asked me that question. Think about it in this hour. How long should we pray? And so he asked me the question, and this was his answer. He said, you must pray, and you must stand in the place before the Lord. You must pray long enough so that you can begin to hear the hard sayings of Jesus. You must stay and stand in the presence of the Lord in prayer until the Lord can speak hard things to you. Now, I got Bible for this, and we're about ready to go there. <laughs> you all are glad I got Bible to back that up, right? I asked him, I said, who taught you that? I said, that's powerful. He said, you need to stay in the place of prayer until God can speak hard sayings to you or difficult things to you. I said, who taught you that? He said, Leonard Ravenhill. They were very dear friends. And some of you may know who Leonard Ravenhill is. And if you don't, Google him, buy his books, eat all you can. Powerful. 
Now, I've got Bible for this. I want you to go to John chapter 6. Y'all all right? Yeah? Y'all okay, for real? All right, you quiet. Okay. John 6. What do we do when God starts speaking hard things to us? See, I want to I tell you, folks, and those of you that are watching us online, we still good back there? I want to I pose this question to you because we stand on the precipice. We stand on the brink of so much of the church about ready to get offended with God himself because of the difficult hour we're going into. Some of the struggle, some of the struggle is because of the church culture of pulpits that have pandered a bunch of silly, stimulating TED Talks at, that never equip the church for the hour. We are moving into the most unprecedented and epic hour of human history before the return of Jesus. And many of the church, many in the church are not really going to be used in demonstrations of power. You know why? They weren't equipped. They went to churches where there was all kinds of silliness or stimulating stuff going on. There's, listen, there are so many self-help books out there that are nothing but fluff. Let me give you an example. I've, I, listen, I've got pastor friends all over the country. There was a lot of churches I used to be able to preach in 10 years ago, 5 years ago. They don't want me back anymore. They don't invite me back anymore. They're afraid to even let me have a microphone anymore. Because they won't speak to anything that they deem critical to politics. They don't want you speaking about abortion in their pulpits. They don't want you to speak about homosexuality. Lesbian lifestyle, they don't, they don't want you speaking about that. They don't want you to get up and tell the people what the Bible says about it. Are you with me? Are you thinking? Got your thinking cap on tonight? There's a lot of people, they can't, they can't dare listen to anything deemed negative. Right now, we, we've got movements in the body of Christ that are saying, I don't even want to hear another negative word right now. If it's not positive, I can't hear it. If you think like that, the Holy Spirit's going to mess with you. All right. John 6, you ready? Verse 35. You need the Holy Spirit, amen? We need the Holy Spirit, amen? I can't hear you, those of you that are watching me online. I can't. Okay, you're there. Okay, there you are. So John 6, and I'm beginning in verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen, you have seen me, and yet, do you you do not believe? All that the Father gives me will come, gives me will come come to me, and the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Verse thirty-eight. For I have come down from heaven. 
Oh, my gosh. Jesus, he's not mincing words. I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, uh, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, and whose father and mother we know? Uh, how is it then that he says that I've come down from heaven? You see them scratching their heads. You see that? Some were scratching their bums. I just don't get this Jesus. What's he talking about? He's talking this crazy language, getting everybody stirred up. Hey, bro, we know where you've come from. You're from Nazareth. We know your papa. We know your mama. What's with all this crazy talk? You've come down from heaven. Really? You see it? And they're despising him for it. Jesus therefore answered and he said, Do not murmur amongst yourselves. No one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Wow. You see that? No one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up in the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. Watch this. He's, he's just dumping it on them. Your fathers, they ate the manna in the wilderness, and they're dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. And the Jews, therefore, they quarreled amongst themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. What? What? And drink his blood. You have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last days, for my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your father ate the manna and are dead. 
You seeing what he's saying? He who eats his bread will live forever. We're not done. You still with me? Verse 59, we're reading a lot of Bible. This is good for us. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Think about that. Those of you that were in Israel with me, we stood, we stood right where that, that synagogue used to stand, and the new synagogue stands right on top of it in the city of Capernaum. This is where Jesus said these words, Josiah. Therefore, watch this. Therefore, you in verse 60? Are you in verse 60? Yep. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? And when Jesus knew in himself that that the disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? (laughs) Does this offend you? What then, if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life, and the flesh profits nothing. The words which I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless he be granted to him by my Father. Verse 66, you ready for this? This is sobering. You ready? And from that time, many of the disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus turned and said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter, verse 68, said, Lord, to, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and we know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. How long should you pray? How long should you pray? How long should you be before God? Until you can stand within the word of the Lord coming upon you and hear the hard sayings of the Lord and not turn away from them. Until you can hear a strong word from the Lord and not get offended. Are you with me? Now, some of you in here know, some of you are visiting, some of you are new. God bless you. (laughs) This is the Hebrew year of 5780. That is the year that the Hebrew calendar that we're in. And this year is also called the year of pay. The the, the, The year of pay. And this is what pay means. It means the mouth of the Lord. It means the mouth, if you're taking notes, write that down. If you're not taking notes, go ahead and write that down. The word pay, if it's the year of pay, it's the year of the mouth. It's the the year of the spoken word of God. But here's the thing. Many cannot hear anything that is disruptive to them. 
because they have a spiritual appetite, remember, for spiritual popcorn. They can't stand in the word of the Lord and hear something intense and burning from him in this hour. And the reason is, is because they only know sweet, good shepherd Jesus. Redeeming shepherd Jesus. And you need to know Jesus as sweet, redeeming shepherd Jesus. But you also need to know Jesus as the burning man, the son of man, the Lord and the returning king. You need to be able to spend time with God that God can speak something so electrifying that your, that your spirit man stands up at attention, awakens you fully to the hour that you're living in and what he has anointed you to do. How he wants to release you, how he wants to commission you, use your life to become a voice for him. If you can stand in the mouth, if you can stand in the word of the Lord, if you can stand within the voice of God, then you can become a voice for God. It's a miracle that I'm able to preach the gospel. This was not my personality growing up. It's a miracle. You know how it happened? I kept standing within the voice of God. I kept standing in the word of the Lord. I kept putting myself before the word of God to let my heart get ignited, to let God change my personality, to let God deliver me from the intimidation, the fear of man. Are you hearing me tonight? This is how it happens. A transformed life happens by, by exposing your life to the word of God exposing your heart openly to the Word of God and letting the fire of God breathe upon you and say things that could be difficult to your flesh. It was in that moment. Did you notice that Jesus didn't go running after the crowd? Did you notice Jesus didn't go running after those? Y'all still with me? I, need, I really need to know if you're with me tonight. I can, I can stop right now. We can call it a good night. Okay. Let's keep going. Okay. Did you know that Jesus didn't run after them and say, oh, wait, wait, wait. You don't understand. It was metaphorically. I was really trying to say this. It's interesting that Jesus didn't seem like a very good shepherd at that point, did he? Oh, there's sheep leaving. Oh, there's sheep running away. I should just go chase them down. Because they, they got offended. Those sheep got hurt. Their feelings got hurt. So I need to run after them because I'm such the good shepherd. And I don't want anybody feeling offended. <laughs> I, I don't want, Jim, anybody's feelings to be hurt. Because I want people to know what a great shepherd I, I really am. And I, I need you to know how much I care for you. This is what we have reduced shepherds down to in America. This is, are you listening? 
This is what we have reduced shepherds down to. So that we're just gifts that, you know, pat everybody on the back. Oh, it's so great to see you. Oh, my gosh, I'm so, your hair looks so great. Your teeth are sparkling. Oh, what color lipstick is that? Amazing. You're so great. Oh, my gosh. Your posture is so great. Let me validate you tonight, Mark. Let me shake your hand. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, you're mighty. We have reduced relationships down to silly, stupid fluff. If you're here, you're going to get equipped. If you're here, if you're here, if you're here, you're going to get equipped. Because I could validate you until the cows come home. I can tell you how great you are until the cows come home, baby. But if you don't get equipped, and if you don't know how to use your guns, and if you don't know how to use your weapons, if you don't know how to put on the full armor of God, if you don't know how to take courage in the Spirit of the Lord to stand in the voice of God and be transformed so that you can become a lion. Are you with me? Amen. I want to be changed. I want to be changed. You know what I, you know, the, the confession I make over my life all the time, I'm still changeable. I make this confession all the time. I'm still changeable. God is still changing me. I am in the midst of a metamorphosis. I am in the midst of a transformation. I'm not going to be the same next year. I'm going to be different. I'm not going to be the same in the month of July, August, September. I am being transformed. I'm telling you, God wants to get us ready. He wants to accelerate your training. He wants to accelerate your training by the Holy Spirit so that you can go and do mighty exploits in His name. We were over at a couple's house from Victory last night, and some friends, and he said, you know, Brian, you know, when we were, when there was just 10 people allowed in the building, thank you for preaching like you were preaching to a coliseum. And I got to tell you, it's all I know. If I'm going to preach to 10 or I'm going to preach to 10,000, it's all I know. God didn't call me into the ministry and call me to preach. To just be that inspirational, inspiring guy. Slap people on the back. Hey, you're great. You're great. No. If you're going to be here, you're going to get equipped. God's going to load up your weapons of warfare that are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God's going to equip you with power. He's going to give you fire from the Holy Spirit so that you can deal with the enemy.
You don't have to be intimidated. You don't have to be fearful. You don't have to back up. You can be bold and strong. I didn't know. I didn't know that when I would be thrust into Brett Kavanaugh's hearing at the Senate hearing to go into the Supreme Court that I would have to face Satanist head on. That I would have to face Satanist priest head on. To, to face transgender Satanists head on. It was a wake-up call. Oh, it was a wake-up call. I'm telling you, folks, listen, I know God's getting me ready. I know God's grooming me. I know that God's grooming His body. And it, I'm telling you, sadly, it's not going to be the majority of the body of Christ. But it's going to be those who are hungry and thirsty and pressing in. That God's going to light the fire that will be unstoppable and unquenchable within them. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church that Jesus is building. Hallelujah. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church he's building. God is building you. He's building you to become unstoppable. He's building you to be immovable, incorruptible. Glory to God. Thank you, God. The apostle, the apostle Luke writes in Acts chapter 2. He says, he quotes Joel chapter 2, verse 28. In Acts 2, 16, Luke writes these words. He says, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. You remember Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit was poured out. Fire came upon them. Remember this? Peter got up and spoke this. He said, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. I thought Luke said this. No, Peter said it, but Luke wrote it. Are you with me? Are you, is there, there's five people with me. Are you with me? Okay. He said, it'll come to pass in the last days, God said. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Now, you need to understand, in a spirit-filled culture, this is the new normal. Prophesying, seeing dreams, having visions is the normal that comes from God. This is not, oh man, that, that guy's strange. He's hearing from the Lord. He's, he's a weirdo. No, you should be hearing from God. It should be weird if you're not hearing from the Lord. And if you're not, court the Holy Spirit. Press into the Word of God, and the Lord will speak. I had a dream the other night. I had a very sobering dream. Now again, what am I speaking about tonight? To the watchman on the wall. To the watchman on the wall. I had a sobering dream. This is the dream. I was standing on the East Coast in the dream. I was standing on the East Coast. I was standing on the beach. And I was overlooking the Atlantic Ocean. 
I was not here in Florida. I was up near Washington, D.C. or the Virginia area. Behind me, in the dream, behind me, I could hear the noises of voices. The noise of voices. I could hear chaos. I could hear violence. And I could feel the fires of burning from the cities that were upon my back behind my back. However, I'm reading this because I wrote it out in my journal when I woke up from the dream. However, my eyes were focused looking out across the ocean. This is hard to explain. But I could see the eyes of enemies all at one time. The enemies of America were deep below in submarines. They were upon ships. They were in the air watching our nation in turmoil. The wind off of the water was blowing very strong in my eyes. But my eyes were unaffected and my eyes were focused. I wasn't blinking. And neither were the enemies. I stood in strong resolve with the Lord, standing, watching, praying. They could see me. They saw me alert. They saw me unshaken and on my guard. When I woke up from the dream, I understood that this is the most critical time. This is the most critical time for watchmen to be faithfully alert now. While the mutiny and the foolishness within our nation rages, the real enemies, the real enemies of our beloved America outside our borders are lurking for an opportunity. I saw in three different realms. The realms was in the air. The realm was in the surface. The realm was in the depths. And I saw it, it's hard to explain, I saw it all at one time. In the air, in the surface, in the depths. The depths are the hidden places, but I could see their eyes. And I'm going to say it again, the wind was so strong on the beach, you know how it is when it's just whipping off of the beach when the storm is coming in and your eyes are affected by the sand and the, and the salt water. It was blowing on my eyes, but my eyes were unaffected and, unaffected and they were focused. And I wasn't blinking, and neither were the enemy. Here's my prayer. I said, Lord Jesus, fully uncover them that they will have no place to hide. Lord Jesus, fully uncover them that they will have no place to hide. Now, if you're taking notes, you need to write down this prayer. Here's the prayer. Let there be light. Here's the prayer. Let there be light. There are so many cockroaches hiding in the darkness right now that are scheming evil, wicked men. Evil, wicked men that have plotted themselves, aligned themselves with spirits, with principalities, evil and wicked women who have pledged themselves to principalities and powers that are demonic. They've pledged themselves to it. You know what I'm praying? I'm praying that the light of God exposes them, uncovers their hiding place. There will be no place to hide. 
This is what I'm praying through this dream. I am praying that God will bring his light to our military to see everything that is happening outside the shores of our country right now. Now, I rarely share, I rarely share, I rarely share major dreams that the Lord gives me. And the Lord gives me major prophetic dreams. But he gave me authorization this time to say it. And if you don't, listen, when you learn this and keep learning it. If you get something from God, it doesn't mean that you have authorization to share it. Remember that. Just because you get something from God doesn't mean that you have authorization to share it or say it. Many times, this just happened to a friend of mine, that God God showed me in a dream nearly six months ago what was going to happen with his ministry. Why? Because God wanted me to pray for him, pray for his wife, pray for his children, pray for his ministry. you got to have authorization to be able to say it. God's given me authorization to say this. Church, I want you to grab a hold of this. We need to be on our watch in this hour. The watchman cannot slumber and sleep. We need to be awake. We need to be very alert. We need to be very sober and understand, folks, the real enemies of this nation are watching the foolishness and the mutiny, this rebellion, this this insurrection that is happening in the United States of America. And don't you doubt one second, brother, that they want to take advantage of this moment. The enemy is always lurking, seeking who he may devour. He's a killer. He's a thief. He's a robber. It's all he knows how to do. Jesus said very clearly, the thief comes only to what? To steal, to kill, to destroy. John 10.10 in verse 11, Jesus says, but I have come. Come on, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. You know what you do as a watchman? You declare that the works of the enemy, here's the Proverbs, that the work that that the works of the craftiness that they the work of the crafty that they do in darkness shall be exposed. That's what it says in Proverbs. You got you, listen. You got to pray this way over your life, over your children, over your grandchildren, over your family. Holy Spirit, cut away any dangerous relationship from my life. Holy Spirit, cut away any dangerous relationship from my life. Anything that could seemingly, you know, bring ambush to my destiny, to my kids' destinies, to our church destiny. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the way you pray over the country. That's the way you pray over President Trump. To discern, I'm gonna, I have to keep saying a few things. Several times. If you're going to discern something, it means you're going you're to perceive it. If you're going to discern something, it means you're going to be able to recognize it. It means you're going to be able to distinguish it. You're going to be able to detect it. You're going to be able to recognize it. You're going to be able to notice it, observe it, see it, spot it. I'm going to say it. And then if you believe it, you can say it with me. 
Truth is dimensional. Truth is dimensional. Listen to what I'm going to say. Truth is dimensional. Okay? If I hold, well, if I, let's do it like this. If I say, Sky, tell me what an apple looks like. Tell me about an apple. Sky says, well, it's red and it's hard. How many would raise your hand and say, he's right? You're scared to lift your hand. I don't know what's going on. Is he right? It's red and it's hard. Thank you, Sky. That's true. Mark, tell me, what is an apple like? And Mark says, um, it's white and it's wet and it's soft. Is Mark right? Nobody's talking to me. This is crazy. Is he right? Yes. Mark's right. And I say, Josiah, tell me about an apple. And he says, well, it's, it's brown. And it's really, really tiny. It's crispy. And it's extremely hard. Is he right? In other words, truth is dimensional. Did you see it? It's all right, but truth is dimensional. But it's only until you get into the most holy place from the outer court to the inner court to the most holy place where the seed is imparted. And when the seed is imparted and it becomes revelation to you, then you know it. You know it. You thought it before. Could it be true? Is God really showing me this? Could this be the Lord? But then, suddenly by the Holy Spirit, you know in your knower, in your spirit. Are you catching this? Do you believe that? Truth is dimensional. Are you all still with me? I, I am just like, I told you I was coming after you. I gave you a warning. Write it down. God wants me sharp. Say it. God wants me sharp. The Holy Spirit doesn't want me dull. The Holy Spirit wants me sharp. A soldier stays spiritually fit. I'm talking spiritually now, too. A soldier stays spiritually fit. They stay alert. They stay healthy. They stay ready. I was driving down University Parkway the other day here in Sarasota, and out of, out, out of nowhere, something I learned when I was just a eight-year-old boy, here I am three years from 50, and all of a sudden this thing just blows up in my mind, and I could just it just came right out. I'm like, yep, a royal ranger is alert, clean, honest, courageous, loyal, courteous, obedient, spiritual. It's a royal ranger code. I, I was raised in a church where we had royal rangers. Little Brian, little Brian was a royal ranger. <laughs> Getting my patches, <laughs> getting my little bars over my pockets, saluting, learning knots, making campfires. Yep, little Brian. This is what they taught you. And a royal ranger is alert, clean, honest, courageous, loyal, courteous, obedient, spiritual. It's the code. It's the code of a ranger. And here I am, all these years later, and the Lord's saying, son, I need you alert. I need you alert, clean, honest, courageous, loyal, courteous, obedient, 
spiritual. I need you alert. I need you awakened. Why? So the Lord can give us eyes to see. Do you understand how much of an intake of the news that you and I have had? Do you understand that we are under a barrage, a waterboarding, a waterboarding of unprecedented wicked news that has endless propaganda in it? And you think that doesn't bring a mixture in your heart, in your mind, in your thoughts? We need the Holy Spirit to sift us through and clean us out. He needs you clean. The Holy Spirit needs you clean. It's His ministry. You can't do it. It's His ministry. You go ahead and just keep trying to make yourself clean. It ain't going to happen. That's not your job. It's the Holy Spirit's ministry to get you clean and to give you understanding. soldier is not asleep on their watch. I'm five minutes from done. I'm five minutes from done. A soldier is not asleep on their watch. Folks, be bold and pray, God, awaken me. Be bold in this hour and say, God, fully awaken me. Awaken me. Awaken me from comfort sleep. Get me alert. I'm going to read what Paul wrote again in Ephesians 5, verse 15. See that you walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, for the days are evil. But understand what the will of God is. Listen, listen. In this hour, you cannot be naive. You cannot be duped and naive. The enemy is always looking for an opportunity to ambush and attack. Now, I don't often talk about the devil. Jesus is too good to just talk. I mean, I, I love talking of the, of the triumph and the victory. That's why we named our church Victory. I love talking about the triumph, but, but guess what? The enemy has had thousands of years learning how to be crafty and deceive the minds of men and women. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. How many of you understand that? You cannot be naive. And so the Apostle Paul writes in Colossians 4 and verse 2. Colossians 4 and 2. He says, continue steadfast in prayer. Be watchful in it in thanksgiving. A soldier is a watchman. Say it. A soldier is a watchman. Say it again. A soldier is a watchman. Say it again. A soldier is a watchman. Continue steadfast in prayer. Be watchful in it in thanksgiving. Now, he, we don't often use the word steadfast. How many of you use that this week? Steadfast. Right. Ex exactly. Steadfast. Do you know what steadfast means? All you got to do is look it up. It means unwavering. Not wishy-washy. How many of you like wishy-washy people? No hands went up. You're right. If you're steadfast, it means, here, here it is, you're unwavering. It means you are loyal. Are you still with me? 
It means you're faithful. It means you're devoted. It means you're dedicated. It means you're reliable. It means you're constant. You know what? You know what I just read? God wants friends like that. God wants friends that are unwavering, loyal, faithful, trustworthy, devoted, dedicated. God needs friends. Jesus said in John 15, he says, I, I, no, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Because servants do not know what the will of the master is. But I call you friends so that you understand what the will and the heart and the mind of the Father really is. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to let you in on all the secrets because what, all that the Father has given me, now I'm going to give to you. And being, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He comes me. Being a friend of God means God's going to speak to you some things that are going to be so hard, so hard, so difficult, that will shake you to your core. It doesn't mean that the Lord's just going to come up, hey, man, you're awesome. Yeah. High five. He's going to say some things to you. Remember where we started at the front of this train? God needs to speak to us in this hour to wake us up. God needs you sharp. I'm going to close on this. Prophet Isaiah's words. Kelly, I'd like you to come. can't believe I kicked this water over. The prophet Isaiah, he's still mentoring all of us. He's still relevant. Isn't it amazing? Isaiah is still relevant in 2020. <laughs> he says, chapter 40, verse 31, but those who wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings of eagles. They will run. They will run and they won't grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Those who wait, those who wait upon the Lord, those who will be friends with God, those who will spend quality time with God, being with God, getting before the Word, exposing your heart to the Word of God, saying, Holy Spirit, speak to me. It will not be uncommon for you to have dreams and visions and prophesy. It's not going to be uncommon for you to have dreams and visions and prophesy. You need to understand it's the new norm because the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon the earth. This is our time. Say it, this is my time. Say it, this is my watch. Say it, this is my moment. I'm not missing my moment. You're a watchman. You're a watchman. Some of you look at me, and you write me, you'll text me. I'm so thankful, Pastor Brian, you're a watchman. Thank you. Thank you. But let me tell you something. We're here to equip watchmen. We're here to raise up watchmen.
How's it going to come? It, it doesn't come by just me slapping you, you know, praying for you. There it is. You got it now. You got it. Run with it. Take it. Take a sack. You, it's yours now. Folks, I'm not minimizing the laying on of hands whatsoever. I'm letting you know that's not how it happens. It comes by spending quality time with God. Becoming a friend of God. And standing, standing in the voice of the Lord, of the Holy Spirit. I, I wonder, can the Holy Spirit tell you that you're powerful? Can, Sky, can the Holy Spirit tell you that you're powerful? And you not be intimidated or, or, or move in false humility. Oh, Lord, not me. Oh, oh, God. I mean, I mean, who am I? I mean, I mean, God, you know my background. You know where I've come from. You, you know, okay, Moses, I can't even talk. I've got all these problems. I've got issues. Can you hear God tell you you're powerful? You're called. I'm making you a voice. I'm going to make you speak. I'm making you a voice. I'm going to make you speak. You're going to be bold. You're going to be transformed into a lion. Your mane is going to grow. Your eyes are going to be turned to fire. How? By looking into the eyes of Jesus. Because you become what you behold. I want you to stand tonight. I broke my five minutes. I told you I was done at five minutes. Sorry. One more time, let's put our hands out to receive just as an act of surrender, but also as an act of faith, as an act of faith. Lord, we recognize, we recognize, God, you have, you have put us here for this epic hour. Not that we should be afraid, not that we should cower and run. But God, you've made us to be a people who are triumphant and victorious in this hour and that are powerful. Lord, your eyes, you said, you said in your word, 2 Chronicles 16:9. Lord, you you said your eyes, they they roam to and fro all over the earth, seeking whose hearts are loyal unto you, that you may show yourself strong through them on their behalf. God, we, we want to be bold and pray, Lord, look at me. Choose me. Say it tonight, Lord, look at me. Choose me. Manifest yourself in me. Manifest yourself in me. Manifest yourself upon me, in me, and then through me. Through me, God through me oh God some of you need to hear tonight you are powerful stop talking yourself out of what God is saying over you agree with him tell the Lord I agree with you Lord I agree with your word I am compliant to your word I am moldable to your word I will stop making excuses I am coming into agreement with your word over my life. 
I will stop fighting against your will for my life. I will yield and surrender myself to your will and your word for my life. Somebody in here, you don't have to shout it. It may just be a whisper to the Lord. But somebody in here needs to say to to the Lord tonight, God, you can make me your voice. God, you can make me your voice. I will become a voice for you. I will become a voice for you. I prayed that when I was 13, when I was called into the ministry. And I'm so glad I prayed it all those years ago. God, make me a voice for you. I will be a voice for you, God. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.